DNVR Rams Live. We are back and we are talking about a massive road upset for the Rams. CSU pulls out a gritty, gritty victory at Middle Tennessee, pulling it out on the road in Murfreesboro. And just a hell of a response from CSU on the road, guys. This is the type of game that nine times out of ten, CSU finds a way to lose over the last decade. And I just, I don't want to get too overreactionary. I understand, you know, MTSU, this isn't like a victory at the end of the season you're going to look back on and and reminisce over anything like that. But... I mean, to, to just pull this out, I really do think it, it speaks volumes to where this team is at as a program, especially just coming off of such a heartbreaking loss in Boulder. You're playing in front of about 10,000 fans. I mean, you could see on the broadcast, which was just a train wreck. I hope those students that were working BN Plus got their credits because, my God, that was that was one of the worst broadcasts I've ever seen. But we're not going to fixate on that. We're not going to focus on the negatives because we are talking about a big CSU victory, their first of the season. Man, they stood tall. The the resiliency to pull this out in the second half in that setting. You don't have all of the energy that's manufactured for you like you would in a rivalry setting. So you've got to come out and you've, you've really got to dig deep. And I just... I can't say enough about what CSU was able to do offensively. I mean, 21-6 in the second half. I, I The composure that Braden Fowler-Nicolosi continues to display as a redshirt freshman, I mean, this guy's the real deal. He's got some stones, man. And I just, I continue to be impressed with his decision-making. I, I thought he was decisive. He got rid of the football quick again. Missed a couple of throws where he didn't set his feet when there was some pressure in his face, but that's going to happen on third down time and time again. He stepped up and he made plays when this team needed him to. And that's really been the big thing we've been looking for for this offense. You know, going back to the start of the Norvell era, you know, you have talent out wide. The offensive line, they're holding up significantly better than anything we saw last year. You got to step back there. You got to be confident. He's doing that. He is making big plays for this team repeatedly. And I, I just, I can't say enough about Braden Fowler and Nicolosi. Um, you know, I, I've said all along that I felt like this was one of the pivotal games on the schedule. Obviously, you've been underdogs in every game you've played this far. You should be two and one. You're not. That's unfortunate. But I mean, going 0 and 2 into this game, given that you played a pair of Pac 12 opponents to open up the season it was always a very realistic possibility. I mean, it truly was. What you couldn't let happen was that tough start to compound into this road trip because, I mean, we've said it a million times, CSU's got a pretty difficult home schedule this year. You've still got you know a bunch of big games coming up at home, Air Force, Boise State. You hope to win all those. Everything's on the table for this team now, though. You have an opportunity to go 500 into the conference slate in a year where, frankly... The Mountain West feels wide open, guys. I mean, you look around, obviously, Air Force is really impressive. You can poke some holes in their strength of schedule. Uh, Fresno going out and getting a pair of true road five or uh, road wins over power five opponents. That's obviously really impressive. But I mean, you look at some of these other teams. I mean, Wyoming struggling against App State tonight. Boise has looked very beatable. San Diego State, some of these other teams we've seen be really consistent at the top. None of those teams look like road beaters this year. And when you look at the talent that this Rams team has, Torrey Horton, 
Dallin Holker. Uh, Mo Kamara obviously comes in in the second half after missing the first half due to targeting last week, gets the scoop and score. I mean, these are some of the top players in the Mountain West, and they are stepping up and making plays when CSU really, really needs them to. And I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into all this tonight. Going to get into the keys in the game. Uh, we'll talk about the turning point, player of the game, helmet stickers, all of that. Uh, if you have questions, comments you want me to respond to, make sure that uh, you get them in. I'll get into that in the third segment here. If you give us a thumbs up on YouTube, I certainly would appreciate it. Shout out to all of you that are up here late with me on DNVR Rams Live. The fact that you guys continue to support these broadcasts means the world to me, and I love being able to create this content for you. Before we get into everything, do you want to shout out our friends over at Game Time? Game Time makes it easy to buy last-minute tickets. They have flash deals, zone deals. You can look at your seat before you even buy it, so you know what you're getting into before you purchase your ticket. That's nice. Some seats, you know, you get obstructed view. You don't want to get in some crappy spot. Game Time, they're going to show you exactly what you're getting into. Uh, they have the lowest price guarantee. If you can find a ticket in the same row, same section, they'll match the difference up to 110%. Make sure you download the GameTime app, create an account, use that code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use that code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. We love our friends at GameTime. We know you will too. Also want to shout out Fubo TV with 140 plus live channels for sports uh, shows, movies, and news. It's the best way to stream live TV from any device. Best way to watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price. And you can start streaming immediately with a free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. Best way to keep up with college football, the NFL. I mean, I can watch Red Zone now. That's great. I finally got Altitude back after years of not being able to watch Altitude. Watch all your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com slash DNVR. Sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All right, let's get into some of the uh, the keys to the game here. Starting with that fake touchdown on the the or the fake field goal, I should say, for the touchdown that they pull out in the first half. Man, Jay has been in his bag these last couple of weeks. You pull out the wide receiver pass to Horton last or to Holker last week. This week, Giles Pooler with a perfect throw, defender in his face gets it right over the defender's hands, hits it to Holker. The announcers, you know, they didn't even think the play was going to go through. I thought that was a huge momentum play for CSU. Just get something, you know, your, your margins. I talk about this all the time in a game like this, where, you know, you're, you're relatively even matched. A game can really be broken open with a couple of plays. And to me, you look at the fake field goal for a touchdown. You look at the scoop and score. I mean, that's a massive swing, 14 points the other way you end up winning by eight. Those are huge. And those are the types of plays that, Outside of Nevada last year, where you get a couple of defensive touchdowns in that trip to Reno, CSU, they just weren't stepping up and making those plays. Two weeks in a row, you've got a defensive touchdown on a scoop and score. Ron Harge last week, Mo Kamara this week. That's huge. That's game-breaking. That's the type of plays we needed to see from these guys. We knew that Mo was a stud. We knew Torrey Horton and these guys offensively were a stud. You need them to step up and make plays and Time and time again, this group continues to do so. And as the season goes on, it's hard not to think about what could be possible with this team. Because I'll say it again, everything is on the line for this CSU team. They have as much talent as anybody in the Mountain West. Jay Norvell won in the Mountain West at Nevada with no resources at his disposal. Now he's got all the resources at his disposal. He's got talent. He's found his quarterback. This team is going in the right direction. 
And this is a win that is just huge, huge, huge. It's just proof of that. I mean, I, I said it before, you know, coming into the game, like if you lose a tough one, you're not going to feel the same way you did after leaving Boulder. You know, there's no moral victories in this situation. Are you underdogs? Yes. Is Middle Tennessee State a program that you have to show respect to? Of course, they've been in a bowl game 12 out of the last 16 years. They have a great defensive line. I mean, they pushed Missouri to the brink. They should have beaten all over them. And in that first half, you know, they're, they're really set the tone in the trenches and, and you're sitting there thinking like, oh God, is this going to be a long night? But as it went on, I thought CSU's offensive line did a good job of adjusting to the pressure that Middle Tennessee was consistently bringing, especially on second and third down. Defensively, I felt like the, the D-line really settled into the flow of the game as we got going, made some really big stops on the run in that second half. Obviously, the, the turnover on downs was a was a huge one. And to me, that's the turning point of this game in the in the second half there. You're coming off of a seven-play, 80-yard drive to tie the game. At that point, CSU's best offensive series they actually followed it up with an even more impressive drive later in the second half. But after you tie the game, you know, you come out in the, the second half, you go three and out. Oh, man, here we go again. But the defense, they get a stop. You go down, you tie the game. And then you force a turnover on downs. And to me, that's the turning point. That is when the momentum completely shifted in this matchup and you felt CSU really start to kind of do what they wanted on both sides of the football. And I, I just, I'm really stoked to see the fight that this team showed in a weird setting. I wrote about it multiple times. I talked about it. It would have been really easy to come out flat in this setting. You're only playing in front of 10,000 people. It probably feels like you're playing in front of 20 people after what you experienced this past week. It didn't start how you wanted. It was, it was a rough first half. But again, you know, I'm tweeting, you're down seven. It was 27-0 at halftime the year before. You're right in this game. And frankly, we were two tip balls from that first half really being completely different. Aiden Hector should have had a pick six, said the ball goes right to Washington State first for a first down. And of course, on BFN's interception, you know, you have a ball there to Caleb Goody, true freshman, in his hands, and he just kind of pops it up. Ball lands right in the DB's hands. Tough break for BFN. You can't do much about that. Receivers absolutely got to make that play. And really, outside of that, like there just wasn't that much that you could could nitpick about as far as the passing offense goes. I was I was just really pleased, man. 29 of 42 for Braden Fowler and Nicolosi, 306 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. The pick's not his fault. Giles Pooler, 101, 24 yards as a team. CSU, 30 of 43 for 330 yards. And a big key with that passing game was they were able to get some of that quick screen game action moving, which was huge because the Rams did not run the ball. And if, if there's anything you're worried about with this offense moving forward, it's definitely the lack of, of rushing success. I mean, 19 carries for 33 yards, they averaged 1.7 yards a carry. I believe CSU has averaged less than two yards a carry in every game now. That's concerning. Obviously, we hope that Avery Morrow and Kobe Johnson are okay. Both of those guys went down. I don't want to speculate. I don't want to have any update or anything like that. We'll have to see what Kevin Lytle, the Fort Collins, Colorado and post as far as an update. I'm guessing that they're going to have to come back and get evaluated anyways. We'll probably find out more like Monday. Uh, but shout out to Van Shield, man. A walk-on, a guy who stepped up for CSU when they had no uh, healthy, active scholarship running backs in spring. Made the most of his opportunity there. Had four touchdowns in the spring game, I believe. You never know when your number is going to get called. And for him 
to come into this situation, that's tough. He had a couple of really hard runs. I got did get stuffed at the end there. I didn't love the the play call at the end, you know, third and two or second and two and third and two. You give it to to Shield right up the gut. Both get stuffed. You end up punting the ball back, but this time you get the stop. You're able to do what you were not able to do a week ago, which is get a stop when you give the the ball back when you're up eight with just a couple minutes to go. Uh, they weren't quite backed up as much as last time. Last time made CSU sweat a little bit. Had a couple opportunities at the Hail Mary, obviously, but in the end, you stand strong. And I think that's the the big theme of this victory is just resiliency. Because I, I don't think that CSU wins this game most years, at, at least in the last decade. I mean, time and time again, we just found ways to to lose games and to to pull this out in this setting after such a gut-wrenching loss in Boulder. I I think it speaks volumes to the maturity of this team and, frankly, to the maturity of CSU's young quarterback, Braden Fowler-Nickel, was not great early on, but really the offense was not great. It was struggling, and for him to come out in the second half to make plays like that, that was really encouraging. Uh, Some keys to the game, uh, obviously the fake field goal for a touchdown, the scoop and score was huge. To me, though, the the biggest keys for CSU, they were great on third down, 8 of 15, a one-on-one on fourth down, and they were efficient in the red zone. Three of three in red zone opportunities after going two for five the week before. That's huge. Would have liked to have gotten six on the board on that first drive, but hey, you go down and you put points on the board, you know? Don't go down and leave with nothing. How many times did we see CSU do that the last two, three years? The red zone offense has just been a disaster. And so to go three of three in a one-score victory, that's huge. I just... This team is making progress. It's slow. It's steady. Obviously, you you would like to start a little bit faster against Middle Tennessee State. You know, maybe not feel quite so nervous, but the fact that they're able to pull it out, absolutely huge. Um, the turnover margin as well. That, that would probably be the other key I would point to. You finish plus one. You do have the the one interception there, but you force a couple of fumbles, and that's, that's really, really huge. Um, Player of the game, in my opinion, Torrey Horton, nine catches for 99 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Could have also given it to Dallin Holker, but I mean, Torrey is the biggest playmaker in this offense. It's incredibly paramount to get him the football in two weeks in a row. BFN doing a great job of doing that. 26 catches over the last two weeks for Torrey Horton. I mean, he's on pace to have a 100-plus catch season, and what's crazy is he's doing this while the rest of the offense is actually producing as well. It's not like last season. It's not like the MTSU game from 2022 where Torrey's your entire offense. I think he had nine catches for 186 yards, three touchdowns in that game. It was essentially all that you did. He was a huge part of the offense tonight. Obviously, two touchdowns, including the game-winning score. If they can continue to get him the ball underneath and allow him to create yards after the catch, he's just such a mismatch nightmare. And one of these days... He's going to break open on a go route because he's just so fast. I mean, if you saw it last week, his posted speed of over 22 miles an hour is faster than any NFL player has posted at this point this season. He's just such a stud. And it's so encouraging that they continue to work him into the offense, that it's not just, oh, we couldn't get it to him on a fly, so we couldn't get him the ball. They're finding ways to get it to him. It's an extension of the run game. They're keeping the chains moving. And they're giving their defense you know, some help, which was just something that they did not do consistently enough against Washington State. They do didn't do it consistently enough a year ago. You would like to see the defense come out a little quicker, 
some missed tackles early on, but again, they settled into the flow of the game. And, you know, outside of a couple of missed tackles, uh, outside of that blown coverage on third and long, where they just throw a 50 50 ball up, Ron Hart just got to attack the ball more aggressively than he did there. Ultimately, especially in the second half, I think you have to be really pleased with what you saw from this CSU team on the road. Underdogs, you're, you're trailing by a touchdown at halftime, and to pull this out, it's just encouraging. Uh, some individuals worth recognizing, helmet stickers for the game. Obviously, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, another excellent showing for the redshirt freshman quarterback. I just, I cannot wait to see how this offense grows as he continues to get more and more comfortable in that pocket, more experienced. I, I really think the sky's the limit for this young man because he's got an it factor to him. And I don't really know how you quantify something like that, but he's got that BVP type swagger. He just has an aura about him that the Rams really seem to be buying into. And the fact that the Rams were able to make this change so early could potentially be a, a season saving decision from this coaching staff. I mean, I didn't expect them to make a quarterback change week two. I, I, understood why they did it considering how bad the offense looked in in week one and how they had the spark with bfn in that fourth quarter but it takes a lot of stones by the staff to bench a four-star quarterback that you've invested multiple years in the way this csu team has but frankly i you know i don't think they win this game on the road if bfn is not under center and I, i'm just i'm really excited to see what he does a helmet sticker for Giles Pooler as well. Really cool to see the, the Fort Collins kid throw a touchdown pass. You never know when your number is going to get called. And he stepped up perfectly in a big, big situation to get the Rams some points when they needed some momentum there. Tori Horton, a uh, play of the game. Obviously, he gets a helmet sticker as well. Uh, Dallin Holker, best tight end in the Mountain West. I mean, you could see it in the spring that this guy was going to be special. But 11 catches, 112 yards. He continues to be just such a safety outlet for the quarterback on third down in the red zone, four touchdowns through three games. He's on pace for a double digit touchdown season, putting up Trey McBride type numbers. Um, just so you guys know, and I'm commenting here. Yes, we do have new Rams merch uh, should be dropping on Monday. So keep an eye out on that. Really looking forward to it. Shout out to our guy, Eric Weedham, AKA D line CSU grad for designing these. I think you guys are really going to like it. Uh, Justice Ross Simmons. It was great to see him in the mix as well. Uh, not a huge game from Lewis Brown after he, you know, had the massive game in Boulder. But that's the thing about this team. It's going to be week to week, and that's encouraging. That if if you know Tory and Dallin are making a play, then you can go to Lewis Brown. That you can go to Justice Ross Simmons. Dylan Goffney, the SMU transfer, gets his first catch of the year. I mean, he's spreading the love around, and that's another thing that I think is quite impressive for this young quarterback, Braden Fowler Nicolosi. The fact that. He's not just leaning on these two guys over and over again. He's working through his progressions. I mean, the touchdown pass to Torrey Horton was a great example of it. Dallin Holker was the quick read. Wasn't there. Worked through his progression. You know, didn't panic with pressure in his face. Finds Torrey Horton on the side. Makes a big... It's, it's just huge to see a quarterback this young making these type of decisions in these types of atmospheres, you know, with the game on the line. I got to give a helmet sticker to the entire CSU offensive line. Middle Tennessee had nine sacks and 13 tackles for loss in the matchup a year ago. One sack, six tackles for loss tonight. Was the running game great? No, it wasn't. We need to see improvement there. Uh, we'll see the injury situation, but 
I mean, very similarly to Washington State, night and day from what we saw in the trenches a year ago. And this O-line continues to give you a shot. Is it the best O-line in the world? No. And you see there are instances where the pressure is able to get through, but they don't need to be perfect. And we knew they weren't going to be, you know, like a bunch of all pros or anything like that. Just give the quarterback an opportunity. And that's what they're doing right now. And, and to Braden's credit, taking advantage um, defensively, helmet sticker for Chase Wilson. Broadcast was giving him all kinds of love. 11 total tackles, uh, 22 total tackles between him and Justin Sanchez, the starting linebackers. 13 solo. I thought both of those guys really did a good job of tackling in space. Sanchez, in particular, had a shoestring tackle on the edge that might have prevented a touchdown. Uh, Mo Camara, helmet sticker, only played one half, came in and made his presence felt that scoop and score. One of the biggest plays of the game also had a tackle for loss in that second half. Um, Nuer Gakuth um, really starting to show out. He was able to earn a, a starting role, which was, I think, encouraging for the future of the program. Had some growing moments those first two weeks. This was a breakout game for him. Eight total tackles, five solo, three tackles for loss. Um, pair of force fumbles in this one. Guy was just everywhere. He's got a ton of length, really strong and athletic. He is going to be a freaky, freaky pass rusher as this season goes on. And I'm just really excited about the direction of, of this defense, especially now that we're starting to see some of these young guys, you know, step on the field and, and make plays. I think that's what's most encouraging moving forward. You see, you know, guys like Newer, uh, Gat Kuth, TJ Crandall had a coverage, true freshman cornerback. There is a lot of up and coming talent on this team. And as the year goes on, we're going to see more and more instances where they're able to get on the field because Freddie Banks isn't afraid to rotate. He's not one of those guys that's going to play everybody, you know, 80 to 90 snaps a game. Like he, he wants to keep people fresh. If you're young, if you have a skill set, he's going to try and take advantage of it. And the fact that these young guys are, are starting to develop and, and, and kind of come through, that's just, it's huge. It's huge, especially as we move forward, because while we do want to go back to the, the postseason this year, while you want to get back to a bowl game, I mean, we're thinking Mountain West championships and, and we're not just thinking about this year. You know, it's about these next couple of years and, and, you know, really turning this program into a winner, something we haven't seen consistently since Jim McElwain was here. And frankly, I think this is the type of win that CS that has eluded CSU since McElwain was head coach. I do not think they pull this game out under Mike Bobo. Certainly don't think they pull it out under Steve Adazio. Um, yikes. I just think this is huge in terms of getting everybody to buy in to what's being built here. Because if you fall to 0-3, even if you can talk yourself into the progress, the talent, at the same time, you're sitting there at 0-3 with a pretty brutal schedule coming up. Instead, you have a chance to go 2-2. Two two. Your first couple of Mountain West games feel very winnable. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Make sure you guys get your questions, comments here. I'll respond to that uh, here in the upcoming segment. Uh, if you're sitting at home, get an ice cold beer, man. Maybe one from Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Beer, the official beer of DNVR. Check out the Breck Beer locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. I'm going to have an avalanche ale after this, but I'm a big Mountain Beach sour guy. Can't ever go wrong with the seltzers that they have to offer. It's a little bit hot in here. That sounds kind of kind of refreshing. And also shout out to Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Shady Rays, they're an independent sunglasses company, but they make a world-class product. It's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. 
Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And if you break or lose your pair, even day one, they'll send you a brand new one. No questions asked. Return within 30 days. No risk when you shop. They always have your back. And exclusively for listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that code DNBR for 50% off. Two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Boom. <laughs> we got a comment here from Tim. We need to get Justin Amanwa's title. He can remember. Amen, man. 2002 was a long time ago. A young seven-year-old JTM. Well, I do remember those seasons. That's how uh, CSU fell in or how I fell in love with CSU. And now 20 years later, I'm still talking <laughs> about those games from the early 2000s. But it, it really does feel like the program for the first time in quite some time is is heading in that direction. And again, like you know, we don't want to get too carried away here. I'm not going to be like, all right, Mountain West championship or bust. You're coming off of a three-win season. You haven't made the postseason since 2017. A six and six finish in a New Mexico Bowl appearance would be more than proof of the progress that's being made. But that is the thing, man. It does feel like you could aim for more this year, especially when the Mountain West is wide open. Obviously, we'll have to see how this season progresses, but the Rams wouldn't have won this game a couple of years ago. They wouldn't. They certainly have more talent than they have in, in previous years. I don't think there's any reason to believe that this team is not capable for competing for a Mountain West championship. We saw, you know, they can go into a Pac-12 opponent's house and push them to the brink. They could go in and win a, a gritty game where you don't necessarily have your A game. I mean, that's what winning programs do. Winning teams find a way to win. Losing teams find a way to lose. And for the last decade, CSU finds a way to lose that game, point blank, period. Tonight, they find a way to get it done without their top two running backs. The pressure, you know, in your face. And to me, that's just a sign of growth. That's a sign of resiliency. And it's the fight that we've been missing for so long. I know there's been just an insane amount of drama and noise regarding, you know, the Blackburn hit and everything that went down in that CU game. But I said it after that game. Frankly, I'd rather be the bad boys and have the reputation for laying the wood than the team that CSU has been for the last 10 years where they just get worked by every rival they play, where they just get bullied and their ass kicked by every single team that matters. This is a team that refuses to get bullied. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, let's get to some questions and comments here. What are, what are we saying in the comments? Shout out to all of you. Yeah, man, Mark Ryan, Wazoo loss looks better every week. I mean, I, I, again, you don't want to want to sit here and be like, oh, we're, we're so good in a losing effort. But you played a pair of top 20 teams, albeit CU probably dropping out of the top 20 after that stinker at Oregon. But you played a, a pair of ranked opponents. Cam Ward's legit. You played some really good quarterbacks. You're sitting here at one and two. You should be two and one. But as long as you go two and two into the, into the league slate, anything's on the table. Go into Logan, get that victory. That's been a a really wonky matchup over the years, CSU-Utah State. The flukiest of all fluky things seem to happen in that one. I got a question here from my guy, Josh Fredlin. What's your opinion on the run game? It seems like it's wanting to go long, but they tend to kick themselves before they can. Some of it, I think, you know, Washington State and Middle Tennessee have really good defensive fronts. I mean, so do Wyoming and Air Force, but outside of those two, probably better defensive fronts than what you're going to encounter in the Mountain West Slate. They got to get more traction in the interior for sure. 
but I, I I'm not shocked. You know, I'm not I'm not super worried about it. Did think it would be a little bit more productive with Avery and Kobe Johnson. That said, so long as you're able to have that quick passing game work as an extension of the the rushing attack, a lot of what they were doing at the end there, getting the ball to Dallin and Torrey, allow him to to create you know some yards after the catch. You might as well view that as an extension of the run game with the air raid. If we're being uh, completely honest, got a question here about Henderson. Um, I, I think it's more about the setting, you know, to go to a true freshman on the road in that situation could be in a little bit over his head. I'm guessing they trust Van Shield a little bit more and pass protection. He did run with the ones throughout spring ball, still got some work in throughout fall camp. I mean, I, I don't have any beef with going to a little bit more experienced player there, especially a guy who frankly has earned his opportunity. Like we talk all the time about, you know, busting your tail and practice, doing all the right things. Van Shield has done all of those things and he's a good athlete. Like, I mean, he's, he's got a ton of muscle. He runs hard. Uh, I thought it was cool to see him get that opportunity. Obviously you hope that Kobe Johnson is okay. You hope that Avery Morrow is okay. Future very, very bright for Damian Henderson. I mean, he's got home run hitting speed. I don't know if his first consistent carries you would want to be in this situation, you know, trying to go between the tackles with the game on the line. I, I really think that could be too big of a spot for a, for a young guy. I've got another question from Taylor here. Cornerbacks seem to be off their game today. Mistiming the play before half and a few others. Um, yeah, you know, there've been a couple of instances with the secondary that have been a little surprising to me these past couple of weeks, some missed tackles in the open field, a couple of blown assignments and coverage here and there. Uh, but really, I mean, the, the Hector play, he just jumped it a little too early. That's fluky. And really, I like my only beef would be that play on third and long where they throw the 50-50 ball from midfield and let a 6-4 receiver go up and get it instead of going after the ball. I mean, I think the broadcast said it. You've got to be aggressive there. You've got to go after the ball if you're Ron Harge. I think they'll settle in. I, I really do think they'll settle in. Um, and yeah, again, Mark Ryan going back to the running backs, let Henderson beat up Utah Tech, get some confidence. I certainly think we'll see him get worked into the mix, uh, both via special teams and on offense over these next couple of weeks. Utah Tech, hopefully a great opportunity to get a couple of these guys in the game as far as the, the young playmakers go. Some of these more young receivers as well. You know, I'd like to see some of these freshmen get an opportunity to, uh, to make some catches here. Shout out to Nick Patnude. Grady Kelly was superb tonight too. He's a stud, guys. He is an NFL interior lineman. Um, on my Reddit AMA, I listed him as a, a breakout player for CSU this year. And that that's not like a super hot take or anything. Like Phil Steele had a lot of love for Grady Kelly as well coming into the season. I mean, he's just really strong. But I think the the work that him and Cam Baratow and, and James Mitchell, who had a big sack tonight, doing the interior, eating some of those doubles, it doesn't always get the love that it deserves because honestly, those big boys in the middle eating up those blocks, that's really what allows you to have so much success off of the edge with newer Gatkuth, with, you know, Mo Camara and, and Tony Pierce and all these guys. And all of them are, are incredibly talented. Don't get me wrong. Mo's going to get his no matter what you do because he's a stud. But those guys in the interior, they, they definitely deserve more love than they get. And I want to make sure that I always credit them when I can. Uh, offensive line as well. The big boys, they deserve some love as well. Um, Man, I, I think we've pretty much summarized it as, as far as this one goes. 
Um, if, if you want to have any more comments, we can get to them here before uh, we get out. But I just think the the last thing I really want to leave you guys with is it, it just feels like something is different about this program. It, it reminds me so much of year two under Nico Medved where it wasn't perfect at the beginning, but you could tell that they were heading in the right, the right direction. You could tell that they had the right pieces in place. And I feel that way with CSU. The locker room is bought in. You have talent. You have some of the top talent in the entire conference. Three of the top 10 players, six of the top 20. Go out and take care of business like you're supposed to. This was a great start. You're road underdogs. You're in a really flat atmosphere. You don't come out of the gate playing your best football, but you find a way to grind it out. You get the turnover on downs in the second half. You get the scoop and score, the, the fake field goal. Three, four plays. That's all it takes to flip a game like this. And again, in years past, I just think that CSU finds a way to lose it. The fact that they win it, massive. I cannot wait to see what happens uh, moving forward. Uh, got a couple more questions here before we get out. Uh, question from Nick. What's your take on the linebacker unit so far? Mejia Pastor looked good tonight. I think they're definitely more athletic. I think they tackle better in open space than we've seen consistently. A uh, couple of couple of tricky moments in, in pass coverage over the last couple of weeks, but I think the linebackers have been solid. And uh, yeah, I think Trey Mejia Pass or Traymon Mejia Pastor coming over from Cal is huge. Justin Sanchez being healthy this year is huge as well because that's a guy that before he got hurt last year was getting a lot from the from the staff. I uh, got a question from Matt here. Cannot see the secondary very well on any place really. Camera was so hard to tell what was going on. That's a really important point, and that's why I don't want to get too nitpicky here with the secondary where there's some moments that weren't great. Yes. But honestly, the camera work was so shoddy. It was, it was hard to see the play break down sometimes. I mean, that <laughs> the touchdown pass that, that BFN had to Tory in the fourth quarter there, like you couldn't even see Horton or like you just see him throw it up and then touchdown. I mean, it was disastrous, disastrous that that broadcast made, the Mountain West Network look like it's Channel 7, ABC, and Primetime or something like that because that was just... That was ugly, but was not ugly was that Rams win. I'm so stoked that we're able to, to be in here and talk a CSU victory, that the vibes are high. Enjoy this one because it's it's been a long time since we've gotten to feel good. You got to go back to last season, but I really do feel like this program is turning a corner. They're heading the right way under Jay Norvell. This is a program that's going to be competitive. They're going to be in the mix for a Mountain West championship. And I, I really can't wait to see how this year plays out. Thank you so much to all of you for joining me tonight, DNBR Rams Live. I will be back with more content. I'll have some written content coming out. I might do another pod tomorrow even um, if I can watch the game again tonight. We'll see. But uh, much love to all of you. It means the world to me that CSU fans continue to support us, that they continue to build up this DNVR Rams community. You guys are not alone. I am always here for you making content. And damn, does it feel good tonight. Always proud to be. Much love, y'all. Enjoy this. Go Rams. Good night. You say if I told you I'd be the greatest MC that there ever was, and eh, but 
would you say if I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them to number one? And what would you say if I told you a nobody in the Brock and Bush sold out crowd? Damn, that shit is crazy. You probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on now.